Hey everybody, so have you ever wondered what it's like to live inside the mind of a superhero that has 64 distinct personalities? Well, you can now experience that, so really all you need is to have said heroine lying there unconscious and a negative energy man pretty much touch your brain, her brain, make that connection, and you get to experience it. Or you could just tune into the latest episode of Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol episode 9, entitled Jane Patrol. So as always, going forward, spoilers, if you haven't seen the episode, now would be a good time to press pause, go watch it, and come on back. So at the end of uh, the last episode, uh, we see that Cliff pretty much confronts uh, Karen, who is the current personality residing or kind of showing herself uh, in Crazy Jane. Um, And he confronts her really just really to apologize, apologize for the things that he said to her, apologize for forcing her to do group therapy uh, a few episodes back. And it appears as if Karen has or Jane or Karen, uh, whichever has like a a psychotic break. Uh, We see... We see at the end of that episode, we see the Karen personality being dragged away down a very dark and dingy subway hallway. So this episode opens up. They're back at the Doom Mansion. They're in the chief's lab and they have um, they have Jane up on a table and they're just trying to wake her up. And I think it's great because, you know, Rita is just being like, Jane, honey, come on. If you could hear my voice, blink your eyes. And Cyborg's like, it didn't work the last five times. Why is it going to work? Give it a rest, Rita. So they're really, you know, they're really very concerned. It, it, it seems, you know, because Rita, it seems Rita has probably known Jane the longest. And Rita really says, you know, we've never seen her like this. I've never seen her like this. I have no idea what's going on. The chief's not around. We don't know what to do. Um, all of a sudden, the negative energy being from inside Larry just emerges, comes on over, touches Jane's brain, touches Robot Man's brain, and we get that connection. So while all that's happening, we do get a glimpse inside of the mind of Crazy Jane, pretty much. Uh, and yeah, it is like a dark and dingy underground. Uh, underground as in subway, the British term, mind the gap, and all that. Um, <clears throat> and really what we see is we see Karen being dragged off by Hammerhead. This is great. We get to see a lot of personalities uh, that we've encountered before. We get to see a lot of new personalities. A few of them look like Jane physically, but not that many of them do. A lot of them have uh, very distinct looks to them. And I think this was done just because uh, Diana Guerrero, who plays Crazy Jane, I mean, she really brings these personalities to life, but she can only do so much. Um, It is actually nice, though, to actually to see what the physical representation of these personalities look like. So we see that Karen is being taken out for a timeout. Uh, She's put in a holding cell, uh, even though she swears she'll be good. Uh, And it's pretty interesting because a few episodes back, uh, I think back towards the beginning, maybe it was the second or third episode, I think. Um, The episode is pretty much where Cliff wakes up and Jane is sleeping next to him, her head resting on his chest, you know, like a daughter would do with her dad. Uh, And it turns out that it was um, Baby Doll. Then Hammerhead kind of snaps in and, you know, kind of breaks the tension and everything. And later on, you know, Hammerhead kind of delivers the line that Baby Doll is in timeout. So it seems that Baby, I'm sorry, not Baby Doll. It seems that Hammerhead, and we we get to see Hammerhead for the first time. Hammerhead is a leather-wearing 
totally bald, badass lady. She kind of seems to be the enforcer. It seems what, what we kind of learn here in this episode is these 64 personalities all kind of serve a purpose. Uh, Jane's purpose, Crazy Jane's purpose, is to pretty much be like the host or sort of be like the main personality that's going around and living life and doing all that. Just really sort of like the personality in charge of physically moving the body and interacting. I guess that's the best way to put it. We see, you know, that or we learn, I should say, that these personalities really seem to kind of have distinct jobs. Uh, like I said, Hammerhead. Hammerhead seems to kind of be the enforcer, uh, the sergeant-at-arms, if you will. She's trying to really keep everything in line. And, you know, the episode before, Karen, the Karen personality, was really getting out of control uh, to the point that Hammerhead at one point kind of broke through and said to Rita and Cliff, like, you gotta, you gotta stop her. I guess they were having trouble kind of wresting control away from Karen. So, you know, Hammerhead, when she had the chance, broke through and kind of was asking Rita and Cliff for help. So we see that, you know, once she was able to do that, once... Uh, I guess Karen kind of lost control. Hammerhead was able to step in, drag her away. And the thing is, is normally Jane, who's kind of like the main resident personality, is supposed to step up. And what we get is, is Jane is like, you know, she doesn't want to go back up there. She says, you know, it's crazy up there. She's like, none of you know what it's like. She actually says to some of the personalities, because there's a personality that comes up to her. We've never encountered this one before. Pretty Polly, uh, who was very creepy looking. Um, you know, Pretty Polly is pretty much telling her to go back up there. Jane is like, you don't know what it's like. Pretty Polly's kind of like, suck it up. And she's like, oh, yeah, Polly, then why don't you go up there? And Polly definitely does not want to go up there. And that's what we get. The impression is, is that you would think 64 personalities, a lot of them would kind of want to see the light or see the surface. Uh, a lot of them are just very like, very much like, look, we all have jobs here in the underground, kind of keeping everything together here. They really have no desire to go up to the surface. Uh, we see another personality called Secretary, who's this very business-like woman, who's sort of like, you know, Jane, there are rules and this and that. And again, you know, Jane kind of makes the same offer to her. He's like, you know, well, why don't you step up, Secretary? You know, and Secretary clearly, you know, has this look like, uh, no thank you. Um, like again, you know, seeing some of these different personalities, some that we've encountered, uh, we saw silver tongue, we saw flit. Uh, we did see baby doll, which was pretty much crazy Jane or, or I should say Diana Guerrero, uh, with kind of that bunched those, those bunched up pigtails, kind of blondish hair. We saw a personality called the nun. I think we saw the hangman's daughter back there. Uh, we were introduced to another one and it comes a little later on. We were introduced to a personality called driller bill. who was just when I get there, uh, cause it involves Cliff. It was actually kind of funny. It was a pretty cool personality to see. Um, so really, they're kind of like pretty much telling Jane, like, look, you know, we got to function. This is your job. You are the main personality. Now get up there. So underground, railroad, subway, whatever you want to call it, I guess in order for Jane to come to the surface, she's got to ride the railway and she's riding this lone subway, you know, car. Uh, and again, it's dirty, it's filthy, it's dingy. Pretty much this entire underground is like that. <clears throat> and the person responsible for bringing the personalities to the surface drives the train and it goes by the name of Driver 8. But it's pretty interesting because the 8 
is really flipped on its side, being the symbol for infinity, but she is driver eight. And Jane at one point even says to her, like, you know, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about coming to the surface? And she's like, you know, look, I bring you guys up here and, you know, uh, I could see past the edge of the platform. I could see the light. Yeah, I might have been tempted once or twice, but this is my job. My job is to drive the train and to service it. And Jane's sort of like, ah, whatever. She happens to notice that there is an emergency brake on the train. She inquires about it. And, you know, driver eight pretty much tells her, you know, well, you know, nobody's ever pulled it, but if they pull it, it kind of disables the train and I have to get out and fix it and get it up and running. And she says to, she says to driver eight, she's like, well, how long does that take? To which driver eight says, well, how long do you need? So she pulls the emergency brake, she hops off the train and she begins exploring. Right around this time is when Cliff shows up. Now we get not robot man but we get brendan frazier in the flesh he's got the leather jacket on he's got the sarcastic t-shirt on but it is in the flesh brendan frazier which is really really nice to see um he kind of stumbles and staggers around you know it's it's great because you know robot man on the one hand is kind of the heart and soul of the team and on the other hand he very much is the comic relief and just as interactions down here in the underground are absolutely priceless he comes across driver eight and again diana guerrero who plays crazy jane plays driver eight so right away he's sort of like jane what are you doing here she's like no i'm not jane i'm driver eight and you know she's like look you're not supposed to be here cliff you know they i guess the personalities that have come in contact with robot man or i guess in the case you know jane probably talked about cliff slash robot man so driver eight would know who he is she's like look you are not supposed to be here and he's like nope i'm here for jane he's 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 kind of on the one hand saying he's here to sort of like save her but he's also First and foremost, he's here to apologize. He wants to apologize. He feels horrible about it. This episode is great because last episode we kind of got a great story, a great story arc with Larry, uh, Larry Trainer, um, Negative Man, uh, just dealing with his whole, you know, being this former sort of all-American glory boy who was really a closeted homosexual. And he really started to deal with his personality and and coming to terms with who he is. We're getting that a lot with Cliff, and we get it here in this episode, that Cliff really realizes that, you know, while he doesn't have a body anymore and, you know, he can't eat and drink and, and enjoy all sort of the pleasures of the flesh, shall we say, he kind of realizes that as a brain inside a robot, as a robot man, he is a much better person than he ever was as Cliff Steele, a hedonistic NASCAR driver who was horrible to his wife, was very much, even though he was very fond of his daughter, was very much an absentee dad. He's starting to see that he kind of has a chance now as robot man to have a family and to have something with Jane, you know, be it a father daughter thing, be it a friendship, be it something more. He actually has a chance, you know, at a new life to be a new man, albeit a robot man. So that's what this episode is really great about is, you know, he's really looking for that redemption from Jane. He wants to apologize. He wants to set things square with her. And whatever happens after that happens after that. Well, driver eight pretty much tells him, look, I'll help you out. And she calls Hammerhead. Hammerhead shows up. She's met Cliff before. So she knows him. She's like, Cliff, what the F? What are you doing here? And he knows. He knows who she is, right? He's like, hey, Hammerhead, what's up? She decks him. 
Uh, and this is when Driller Bill steps out. Driller Bill was a very, um, a very large African American woman, um, very butch looking, and she pretty much pops him one too. He's like, he's like, who are you? She's like, I'm Driller Bill, and just boom, they flatten him and they bring him to detention because you know she says. Uh, Hammerhead says, Cliff, you're not supposed to be here. Karen is there. Karen very much is like, you know, telling. She's like, Cliffy, you know, it's really noble what you're doing. OMG. You know, she's still in this rom-com kind of reality existence. Basically saying, it's great that, you know, he's going after Jane and everything. And he should go to her and and whatnot. Uh, We also see inside this timeout, we see another personality called the Scarecrow. Or it was was either Scarecrow or the Straw Man. Uh, Essentially, it looks like a Scarecrow. Uh, Very, very creepy. And that personality seems to be on a very permanent timeout from the looks of things. But who knows? Maybe we'll find out more later. So while all this is happening, Jane is kind of doing some soul searching. She's kind of wandering around. She comes across a memory, uh, a very idyllic, uh, idyllic scene. Uh, it's a lake. There's a gazebo in the middle of the lake. She's there picking flowers, uh, kind of pulling the petals off, sort of like the he loves me, he loves me not thing. She's not saying it, obviously. Uh, and then we get a, a little character kind of stroll in. And, Hello there. It's Penny Farthing. So Penny Farthing shows up and... You know, she kind of says, she's like, I didn't think anybody knew about this memory. This is kind of where I like to go to kind of clear my head and get away from things. And Jane's like, well, whose memory is this? And, you know, Penny's sort of like, yeah, I don't really bother with that. You know, it's here. It exists. I like it. So, so I come here. So, you know, Penny is trying to convince her, like, look, Jane, you need to go back to the surface. Like, you know, this is what everybody's telling her, but she's... She's kind of given up on it. She she really doesn't want to go back. She doesn't see the point. She's like, it's crazy, it's chaotic, and you can trust no one. And and that's really the thing, is that Jane, Crazy Jane, maybe all these personalities or some of these personalities really have trust issues. And, and this is why Jane is really questioning of, why is it me? Why do I have to go back to the surface? I don't see the point in it. I don't want to do it anymore. So she goes to the sisters. Now, the sisters are sort of like from Greek or Roman mythology, they're sort of like the fates, like the three blind sisters that kind of, they're fortune tellers, they could tell the future. So the sisters are like that. They're, it's sort of like a three-headed, three-torsoed conglomeration. I mean, they really, if you've, if you've seen um, <clears throat> the Percy Jackson films, uh, Clash of the Titans, whatnot, you'll, you'll have seen the three fates. Um, I'm going to assume that they are one of the 64 personalities. I don't think this is something that just happens to be there for the sake of being there. So the sisters are a personality, but quite clearly they're never going to come to the surface. Their job is to kind of dispense this wisdom. Uh, Jane goes there and, you know, they know why she's there. You know, she's questioning going back to the surface and they tell her the answer she seeks. She has to go to the well, which seems to be the deepest, darkest part of Jane's mind or of Kay's mind. Because let's not forget the host personality, the host body is a young girl named Kay. Uh, We kind of get allusions to it in other episodes Uh, There was most definitely molestation at the hands of her father, which kind of led to the break in personalities, these personalities emerging to sort of protect Kay. And 
as kind of alluded to in uh, some of the other episodes, perhaps when doctors or psychiatrists or scientists or whatever sort of meddled and looked into it, this is why these 64 distinct personalities have 64 distinct abilities. So that's what we're dealing with right now. So they, they pretty much tell her, you know, you need to go to the well. And that's what Jane's going to do. She's going to head off to the well. Uh, Penny finds her. Penny's like, you can't do that. <clears throat> you know, it's horrible down there. It's the darkest of the dark. You know, you need to come to terms with this. So she goes and she gets Cliff. Uh, you know, she's going to try to get Cliff. Meanwhile, Cliff's trying to get out of there. He starts to pound away at the cell, uh, at the wall of the cell that he's in. It begins to crack when uh, Scarecrow or Straw Man, again, I don't remember the name of the personality, kind of tosses over an ice pick. And he begins to hammer it out. He kind of hammers his way out of the wall <laughs> as soon as he creates a hole. Hello there, Cliff. It's me, Penny. Penny Fawthing. You know, she's just always right there. Very chipper, as always. She pretty much guides him around the subconscious, the mind of Jane. Uh, they come across, you know, as they're kind of looking, I guess they're looking for a shortcut to the well because they want to try to head Jane off at the pass, so to speak. Um, they cut through sort of like a station. It seems that, I, I'm going to assume, because they don't really go into it, I'm going to assume that these personalities, they don't just kind of mill about. They have places to go and things to do. So they each have a station, which I guess would be their home. So she's like, look, the, the quickest way down there is we have to cut through the station of one of the former dominant personalities. Pretty much the personality that was in control the way Crazy Jane is now, and this was a personality named Morgan. They go in there, Morgan's kind of trapped in this horrible memory of when Jane, Kay, whoever it was, was a teenager in school, and as they're cutting through, going to her station, she begins to freak out, don't open the door, don't open the door, they go in, and her station, which looks like a subway platform or a British underground platform, it's pretty horrid. There's dead bodies, hanging bodies, burned bodies. Uh, and Penny explains that, you know, Morgan was the dominant personality or the in-control personality until she, too, had issues with going to the surface. And she went and saw the sisters, and the sisters told her to go to the well. And it seems like that's what the sisters' advice is. The sisters want to send people to the well, and it's not a good thing. And we'll find out why in a few minutes. So as they cut through, they do run into Jane, Cliff you know, profusely apologizes. Jane's like, oh my God, Cliff, that is all I wanted to hear from you. Thank you. I feel great. No, not really. I'm just kidding. I mean, she's had it. She's, she has just completely had it. She wants to go to the well. It almost seems like, like she wants a break from going to the surface, but it, it kind of seems like it runs a little bit deeper than that. So she kind of takes off and, you know, Cliff is like, well, I'll let her go. No, I'm secretly going to follow her. So they begin to follow her. They cut through some more memories. They cut through a memory which was which took place earlier on. I believe it was the first episode where we see the hangman's daughter doing a painting out there. Cliff comes out to talk to her and, and kind of bond with her a little bit. And Cliff is like, why is this down here? This is an awesome memory. This isn't a dark memory. And Penny was like, well, it's an awesome memory for you, but it's one of the darkest for Jane because this cliff, this is the moment you gave her hope. And that's really what it's all about is that Jane has pretty much been in despair for many, many years. Um, you know, she's clearly looking for a father figure. 
she thought she had it in the chief, but the chief would frequently come and go, and now the chief is gone, you know, thanks to Mr. Nobody. Um, she thought she had it in Cliff, but, you know, Cliff gave her some backlash and forced her to kind of talk about herself a little bit and made her very uncomfortable. So she sort of felt like, well, I can't trust him either. So Cliff really realizes, you know, that he he really screwed up here. We get down to the well and we encounter a personality called the Black Anis. And this is sort of like a Freddy Krueger creepy demon looking she guards the well and she will only let the personalities pass so when jane comes she's like excellent make your way into the well um later on when cliff comes down she's like no man can come down here she slashes into him and cliff's actually begins to kind of rip the flesh off of him and he's like i'm not a man i'm a robot i'm a i'm a monster actually he says he realizes it he realizes that he's he is a monster he was a monster when he was a man living as cliff steel nascar driver He's been a monster ever since his brain has been residing inside this robot body. Uh, when he went off back <clears throat> in the episode Puppet Patrol and pretty much slaughtered an entire legion of like brain-controlled Nazis. Um, and just really in his dealings with Jane that he has been a horrible monster. Um, the Black Anis allows him to pass and we get our view of the well. Now, earlier on, beginning of the episode we flash back i believe it's arkansas i believe it's in the 50s and we see young Kay, and we see her father come and her father and it's 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 oh my god it's disturbing it's very very creepy i mean we don't see anything very very graphic but just you know he's like come here and give daddy a kiss mommy's not home yet we have to hurry up you know she knows why he's there we know why he's there and we know this is why jane is the way she is and when they get to the well, that's what it is again, is Jane comes in, you know, this is, I guess, the well is where Kay resides. You know, she is buried so deep down. I guess the personalities did this to protect her. This is, again, what I'm assuming. We're not told this. You know, Kay is buried deep down there. And Jane is just like, she doesn't know what to do. She tries talking to Kay. And it's pretty much a repeat of that opening scene is all of a sudden the door opens and, and Daddy is there. And, you know, sweet, sweet Kay, come with me. We think it's going to be Kay that gets to go up. But then when the camera kind of flips it around, it's Jane. Jane is holding Daddy's hand and Kay is sitting there going, bye-bye. Um, they take her to the well. And it's pretty much, it's sort of like this deep, dark part of her personality, Daddy, uh, which is really the monster that kind of resides within Jane, is going to claim Jane. It, it claimed Morgan all those years ago when she lost hope. It's now going to claim Jane. Cliff shows up. Cliff kind of fights for, for Jane. Jane's like, you don't belong here. You don't know, you know, just let me do this. But Cliff won't. He won't. He He fights. He fights for Jane. He apologizes. He said it was completely wrong, everything he said to her. And just, you know... He, he feels horrible about all the things he said, all the things he's done, and he tries to fight Daddy, which is actually this giant manifestation of what uh, Kay or Jane or Kay's father look like, and Daddy attacks Robot Man, begins to rip him apart, and that's when Jane, she realizes, like, maybe there is some hope, you know, maybe Cliff is somebody I can trust, and she stands up, and she stands up to Daddy, she pretty much says, you know, I'm not scared of you, you have no power over me, you leave him alone, and the beast crumbles, 
uh, we kind of come back up to the underground area, and that's when Jane kind of realizes that maybe it's not so bad. She decides to head back to the surface. Maybe she conquered some of her demons. Maybe she's learned how to trust, but she, nevertheless, she decides to come back to the surface. They're riding the train, and when they get there, you know, Jane is back, and it's pretty interesting because when they come back, and when Cliff kind of comes back into his uh, into his body or his robot body, the lab is pretty much uh, in a state of disarray. Cliff is like, "What happened?" Victor says, "It's a very long story, which I have a feeling is going to be the next episode." What happened in the lab in the Doom Mansion when Cliff was inside Jane's mind? <clears throat> and it's pretty interesting. They kind of come so Cliff and Cliff and Jane kind of come to an understanding, and you know, Jane realizes maybe it's not so bad and she kind of, you know, decides to stroll on off, take a nap, and then she hears the echo of the voice of her father. So she may have she may have confronted her demons, but she definitely had, did not slay that demon. And if you think about it, look. The things that happened to Kay happened to Jane, happened to all these personalities all those years ago at the hands of her father. I mean, they were horrific things, and you're not just going to overcome that in a day, a week, a month, a year. It's going to take time, and maybe this is the first step. Maybe this is the first step in Jane healing herself, dealing with those demons, but those demons are still with her, and, and clearly she's still scared about it, but maybe... A little bit of that hope has crept back when she realizes that Robot Man and the Doom Patrol, for that matter, they are her family, that family that she was looking for, and maybe staying on the service isn't such a bad thing. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to www.brothersandarmchairs.com, all one word. That's the website that'll link you up to every single podcast on the Brothers and Armchairs Network. This is Jay, and I will talk to you guys later.